Concepts for Living. Welcome to Concepts for Living. Concepts for Living. This service is coming to you from the Chapel of the Anointing. Concepts for Living can change your life today. Hi, and welcome once again to Concepts for Living. Biblical principles for contemporary Christian living. Well, we're in a new season. It's the season of a fresh anointing. I want you to stay tuned and be blessed as I'll be speaking from the theme, the implications of the anointing. A simple definition of our word implication is this. It's the action of making something known in an indirect way. I'm sure you will agree that in these precarious, uncertain times, we require something other than we can produce for ourselves. We need something outside of ourselves that can condition us so that we might be our best and noblest selves. It's the anointing, the anointing of God. And I agree that we are in these precarious times when emotions are stretched to the limit, when hearts are heavy and eyes are wet with tears. I know that we are in a stage of life now where we are bewildered as to what to even plan for. The changes are so rapid in our day that we need something to help us in the midst of our struggle. Hopes are dashed. Troubles are incessant. We need the anointing. The anointing of the Holy Ghost. The anointing of God, the anointing of the Spirit of God. It's all speaking of one fact, and that is the anointing that can make the difference. This is a day that requires the anointing. I say it requires the anointing. It's not, it's more than just a religious term, it's a source of power, a source of of ability, it's a source that will help us to function straight through the midst of every trouble, every trial, every circumstance. It's the anointing of God. This is more than just a religious term. You hear folk running around talking, I'm anointed, I'm anointed. Well, wait a minute. If you're anointed, you have what it takes to face whatever you must face and be victor. And come out more than a conqueror. Yes, we need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You remember that old psalm that has blessed the lives of so many? Psalm 23. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He said, thou leadest me in the paths of righteousness for thy name's sake. Yea, watch this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. 
Keep reading it. And it said, for thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now get this. And he said, and thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Listen to the affirmation. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, somebody. The anointing makes the difference. You can face whatever you have to face. And I say again, be more than a conqueror. Because of the anointing. This term, anointing, we find in the Bible, has its greatest emphasis in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, it was used ceremonially. It was used as a sign or an indicator of a status or a consecration unto a particular end or function. The anointing. Not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. You'll read over and over again that you and I have been blessed to be anointed. <laughs> I said we've been blessed to be anointed. The anointing is available. I pray that as I bring this word today, I pray that from weeks and months and the years to come, that when we deliver from this place, you will be able to sense and receive the anointing of God right there, right where you are. And the anointing can take care of your situation. Oh, the anointing of God. The word anointing is employed in the New Testament some 20 times. And it is referred to in the dynamic of what we find in the word virtue. Virtue. Remember the woman that sought Jesus after 12 years of ailment? No help. Doctors failed her. But she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. That I know I shall be made whole. And she touched it. And from the hem of his garment. You remember that oil that I spoke of last week. That flowed down on Aaron's beard and down to the skirt. And the path right down to the hem if you please. She reached and touched it. And was able to draw upon. Put a demand upon the oil. I'm simply saying. The oil of the anointing. In that oil, there is renewal. In that oil, there is salvation. In that oil, there's healing. In that oil, there's power. You know, we always have three points to our messages. For this message, the exhortation, the explanation, and the exoneration. Stay tuned. You're going to come to a fresh appreciation for the anointing. So, so you and I must understand that, that, you know, the church is not made up of philosophy. Church is not made up of 
sociology. The church was not made of political polity. The church was made up by the blood of Jesus and by the death of Jesus. Thus out of that came a church, a people, the ecclesia, if you please, the called out ones. Somebody ought to give God praise right now. I may not have a lot. I may not know a lot. But one thing I do know, I'm a part of the church of the living God. I have the anointing of God on my life. So I can face whatever I have to face and rejoice in the midst of it. But the devil always wants to bring confusion, disruption, disagreement, and attitudes. Because when that happens, the anointing stops. The flow ceases. Because God is not going to be a part of a mess. So we have to get our act together. And realize, like Paul had to address this situation with the Corinthian church that was so angry with him. Put out words of accusation against the man of God. Watch what you say. Watch what you think. Watch what you do. You have to understand that sooner or later you're going to have to answer for it. Paul said, he has not only established us and anointed us and sealed us. Watch this. Don't miss this part. It's important. Don't miss this. He said, and given the earnest of the spirit in our hearts. You got it? God established us. God anointed us. Watch this. God sealed us. <laughs> and God has what? God has given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Let me say something. The church is not made up of a single person. We may do some things singularly. But at the end of the day, you've got to understand that in the church, we are standing interdependent. We stand in fellowship. We stand as a body, and a body has many different organs and members, and yet it's one body. Oh, God have mercy. But the devil wants to get the hand to fight with the foot, and the foot to fight with the head, and the head to fight with the toe. God have mercy. Wherever there's confusion, it becomes a blockage to the flow of the anointing. Do you remember years ago when we used to have little lamps and we'd have a little wick? I remember it would have a container in the bottom where the oil, we used to call it kerosene oil. Remember that? And, and, and I don't care how nice your lamp, uh, I don't care how big your wick, if there's no oil, Flowing so that we could get saturated with it. Then you can light the fire. Oh my God. Oh, let me say something to you. I'm saying that the anointing, Paul is exhorting them. He is letting them know what the truth of the matter is. I wanted to come, but I got so busy. I couldn't make it. 
And, and you know, we need to understand. Remember when Paul was writing to the Ephesians? He had problems with them too. He says, we are the workmanship of God. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Which God hath, watch this, before ordained that we should walk in them. Oh my God, have mercy. In other words, what I'm supposed to be doing has already been prepared for me to do. Where I'm going, it's just waiting on me to show up. God has already done all of that. Our business is to just be who we're supposed to be where we are. So we can get to where we're going. Read that in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 for yourself. We should be flowing in the anointing. I'm going to say it again. We should be flowing in the anointing. We can get new, new instruments. We can get new pews. We can get stained glass windows. We can get all of that. But if we don't have the anointing. You see, we can make it with the anointing without all of that. But with all of that, without the anointing, we can't make it. We need the anointing. Flow. Spirit, flow. In the midst of all that I'm facing, all my challenges, all my responsibilities, I realize that I'm not just religious on Sunday. I, I, I need the anointing on Monday. I need it in the office. I need it We're in my in occupation. I need it. Hallelujah. I need the anointing when I'm driving down the highway. Because I need him to protect me. I need him to preserve me. Oh my God have mercy. Somebody ought to say something out there. But you know, I believe that this is the day for the anointing. Not just because it's Pentecost Sunday, but isn't that all right? I say, isn't it all right? That we can talk about the anointing. Talk about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Talking about the empowerment by the Holy Spirit. We have received. We have received. What? The earnest of the Spirit. We're in our hearts. I said in our hearts. Paul is trying to correct the mess. Because he didn't want to be preoccupied with petty foolishness. And, and people's touchiness and, 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 and sensitivities. What he wanted to do was to say, we got a bigger job at hand. There's some things we have to be careful that we don't stop. Because when all this is going on, the oil stops. The flow stops. Because it becomes a blockage. And Paul now is trying to move the blockage. And he does it in the most humble and yet emphatic way. Paul gave an exhortation. Read more of it for yourself and you'll be blessed by it. The second thing I see is that Paul gave his explanation. His exhortation. His explanation. Paul addresses the issue. And the issue is addressed... <laughs> by calling attention to something. He said, I'm not going to just be dealing with you about this matter. He said, I'm going to bring God in on it. And notice what he says. He says, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23 says, Moreover, I call God for a record upon my soul. In other words, I'm calling God to be a witness. 
that I wasn't lying to you, that, 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 that I was not playing with you, that I was not acting fickle with you, that I was not just going, you know, through the motions with you. Yay, yay, nay, nay, yay, nay. No, what he said, my yay is yay, and my no is no. That's it. Now, you may not understand it, you may not want to receive it, but that's it. Because you and I have to appreciate the fact that we many times judge other people out of our own values. Out of our own thoughts. Out of our own struggles. But you don't know what that person's been through. You don't know how that person feels. You don't know. But I know somebody who knows it all. That's God. And so Paul said, I call God to be my witness. Hmm? Isn't that amazing? That to spare you, I came not as yet unto Corinthians. In other words, God will let you know that I haven't showed up yet. And the reason why I haven't showed up, because you ain't right. You know why I haven't showed up? Because it's not the time yet. <laughs> Paul said, I cannot paint over rust. Paul is saying, I cannot Go on knowing that's broken without fixing it. So I'm not playing games with you. Paul says, I tell you that I have to deal with this. God is my witness. I did not lie to you. I did not break my promise to you. And by the way, I believe it was all right that I didn't come. Because had I come and you were in that state, it's only going to make matters worse. So God is my witness. Watch this. God is my witness. I came not as yet unto Corinth. I haven't showed up yet. I'm not going to show up till you get it together. Because I'm not going to sit up and say, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Glory to God. And I know stuff ain't right. I'm not going to act like me and fellas. Give me a hand. Give me a hand. Give me a hand. Oh, not in this season. You can't say that. Can't say that. Can't say that. But, but let, let, can we bump? Can we bump? <laughs> but you know ain't nothing to bump over. Come on now. Get this thing ready. Come on, church. If we do it that way, we are hypocrites. We got to get it right. So the explanation is, I call God to be my witness that I did not come like you think I came. Or I did not do what you're charging me of. And by the way, watch this, he says, nor for that we have dominion over your faith. In other words, I wasn't trying to take charge of you. I wasn't trying to take over. I, I just want to be in fellowship with you. I like the way he puts it. He said, I, he said I, I, I didn't want to take over. I didn't want to rob you of what you believe. I didn't want to rob you of what you have. I just wanted us to get along. My God, somebody needs to understand that if we're going to see the flow of the anointing, then we're going to have to learn how to get along. As always, we sincerely trust that you have been blessed, you have been enriched, and I pray that you have opened your life for a fresh anointing. And if you do, 
expect increase expect healing expect new spiritual life until next time when i shall come to you with more concepts for living may god bless you and you concepts for living concepts for living Thank you.